There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's September 27th, 1922, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. If you had managed to score a ticket to the Ambassador Hotel Theatre in LA on this day in 1922, you were in for a bit of a treat because not only were you among a packed auditorium of journalists, exhibitors, producers and fellow punters to bear witness to the first ever 3D film shown to a paying cinematic audience, but also you were seeing one of only two screenings of the 3D film in question, The Power of Love, which tanked and was never seen again. And if you're thinking, boy, I can't wait to dig out my pair of 3D glasses and look that up on YouTube, <laughs> unfortunately, it is one of thousands and thousands of lost silent films. It was later shown in 2D under the title Forbidden Lover, but that version is also lost. They really did not take good care of silent films. Well, I suppose this is also at the birth of cinema itself, more or less, and it was pushing in a whole lot of different directions. We didn't really even have colour film by this stage, and I think people didn't have in mind what cinema should and shouldn't be. So there was all sorts of different kind of experimentation going on, which may explain why things like the first 3D film were lost, because all sorts of different technical innovations that didn't eventually take off were also lost around this time. Yeah, and it was actually the fact that we were still in the silent era was what led to one of the most interesting aspects of this film, which is that it had two endings and viewers could choose to view the film through either their green or red glasses lens, depending on whether they preferred happy or sad endings. Yeah, that obviously didn't work. That couldn't have worked, could it? <laughs> I know, I was trying to picture how it would work. Now, obviously, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work with sound unless the dialogue was extremely ambiguous. <laughs> <laughs> but you can see how it would work in a silent film, except I am still trying to wrap my head around what would actually have to be happening on screen for those two endings to play out simultaneously. <laughs> I just don't... Under, okay, so you used an anaglyph system, which is the red and green glasses, which, if, mm. like me, you're a child of the 80s, were the ones that came on the front of cereal boxes. So... Part of the image is in red, part of the image is in cyan, and when you look through the two differently filtered coloured lenses, one for each eye, it appears to be, I mean, the visual cortex of the brain fuses it to be a perceived single image. But if you've ever done the thing where, as a kid, you're bored in the cinema or playing <laughs> the video game and you try and look through one or the other or lift them up... It, it just, it strains your eyes and it doesn't work. So I just don't, the thing about like shut one eye to see a happy ending is just, you'd just be seeing it bathed in red. It would be really weird. Well, would you like to hear how it was described in contemporary terms? This was after the film had had its second and final outing, which was a press showing in New York and exhibitors just weren't keen and so it never got distributed. However, they were obviously still hopeful at this point because they put an ad out in the paper that described it. Well, this was from the Flushing Daily News. Shall I, shall I do the voice? Shall I do a mm, contemporary do voice? voice? Yeah, absolutely. Take us back there. <laughs> Take us back. Get ready, everybody. Picture a calendar flipping over till we go back to, 19, to the 1920s. He said, 
The screen will disappear from view. There will seem to appear a window in front of the auditorium through which each object will stand out in bold relief. <laughs> mm. I think that's good. I am there. But audiences crucially didn't. Part of the reason why it was unpopular with distributors as well as with audiences was because it involved two strips of film, two projectors, and therefore two projectionists in most mm. cinemas until <laughs> the 1990s. So that meant higher costs and also quite complex to do. Like both projectionists mm. have to start running the film at the same time. And if it's slightly out of sync, the movie doesn't work at all. And everyone gets like brain spill. Yeah, and I think that that viewer experience was also part of the reason that the film didn't take off, that apparently it also had this really excessive glare, which does seem to be a, a, a problem with every iteration of 3D that they bring back, that it's just mm. a little bit nauseating or a little bit uncomfortable. It always looks very dark as well, doesn't it? Do you remember mm. when, uh, yeah. I think it was Clash of the Titans that got that massive backlash? This was in the sort of post-Avatar boom of 3D movies. But people were basically saying, like, when you put the 3D glasses on, it becomes so dark you can barely see what's happening. So it's not, it doesn't make for an optimum you know, visual experience. Which is mm. why 3D TVs are now completely dead. You know, 10 years ago, right. this was the great white hope of television was we'd all go and replace our TVs with 3D TV sets rather than 4K and HD ones. And basically the reason that didn't work is you had to spend loads of money on one that had a really high light output to get the benefit. If you got your average high street TV price TV you couldn't see very well because you wear the glasses and it's just like wearing sunglasses in your own house. And they also had a really narrow viewing angle, right? So, you know, if you were on one couch, you could get the 3D experience, but Aunt Maud on her couch over there would uh, <laughs> would be watching 2D at best, if not some sort of weird cacophonic hadn't closed one eye or the other <laughs> experience like you would have got if you, uh, if you wanted to watch both the happy and sad ending <laughs> back in the day. Which actually speaks to why 3D does sporadically come back to cinemas. It's usually because m movie producers are worried about how to get bums on seats in theatres. It's not supposed to be able to be replicable at home. The only reason that people tried to replicate it at home was because of the enormous success of Avatar in 2009. The only mm. reason Avatar was filmed in 3D was because James Cameron wanted to make sure people went to the cinema and paid $20 yeah. a ticket. So it's kind of this weird <laughs> endless cycle. And if you look at the first boom of 3D, the kind of golden age of 3D, the 1950s, when you had some, some proper movies, albeit trashy ones like um, House of Wax, stuff with Vincent Price in it, then, as now, the reason that theatres were experimenting with that technology was because they were worried about TV then, rather than Netflix now. They were worried that people were going to stay at home and watch TV, not come to the cinema anymore. What can we give them? And that's why it wasn't just 3D you had then. It was Cinerama, Cinemascope, VistaVision, Smellavision, Percepto, Technicolor, <laughs> you know... Well, this is a thing, you know, all of those people who are sitting at home watching I Love Lucy and Gunsmoke, they didn't get to experience the 3D smash hit Buana Devil, which is about, it's about something, I don't know, I won't go into it because I want to do an episode on it, but it, basically it's set in Africa and it involves lions. Yeah. And it came, it, it came with the amazing tagline, the miracle of the age, a lion in your lap, a lover in your arms. <laughs> I must say, part of my interest in going to see Titanic 3D was the scene with Kate Winslet. I'm sorry, I know that's objectifying, but there you go. It was 3D. It wouldn't, I wouldn't say in my lap, but in my face. It's that, but with a lion. <laughs> 
One of the others from this period was Dial M for Murder, which was a Hitchcock film that was meant to be not one of his best. I haven't actually seen it. But it sort of goes to your point, Ollie, that there were actually good directors getting involved in this moment. And even in the 1950s, at the height of this craze, it was all coming from the audience. Critics were not at all convinced. And it was still quite a physically uncomfortable experience. Yes, Mm. here's a quote from the New York Times in 1953. The colour of the pictures is so overcast and obscured when viewed through glass darkly that it becomes an actual distress to eyes accustomed to seeing movie colour in rich and unmuddied hues. Hollis Alpert of the Saturday Review was even more uncharitable in his review of Buona Devil. He said It is the worst movie in my rather faltering memory and my hangover from it was so painful that I immediately went to see a two-dimensional movie for relief. (laughs) (laughs) But what happens as well is when 3D is successful what then follows is a whole load of inferior films trying to cash mm. in on the trend. I mean, Avatar was filmed with 3D cameras, so it looks mm. the part. But then after that, because it created a sensation, you got movies like Alice in Wonderland being upscaled at the last minute to be 3D. Or like you said, mm. uh, Rebecca Clash of the Titans, which weren't 3D movies, becoming 3D movies after they were filmed. And that's then bad 3D, which then makes everyone think that 3D is a ripoff. It's kind of counterproductive. Yeah, I looked at um, the best ever 3D films according to Empire, and they... Uh, can I just say, the best 3D film ever is Muppets 4D. I don't think there's any debate about that, so whatever Empire <laughs> said, that is final. Wait, hang on, carry that's on. 4D. It's, that's unfair. I, yeah, but, okay. <laughs> um, well, they had in number one slot Gravity, the uh, Sandra Bullock, George Clooney film, which frankly I had forgotten was in 3D at all. Don't forget Fuzzy Bear squirting you with a water pistol and getting actual water on your face. Never forget that. <laughs> but... I will say there was one interesting legacy of Buona Devil. It's not the kind of film that you're going to catch being repeated on Sky Movies. But a photo was taken by the Life magazine photographer J.R. Ironman of the well-dressed audience at the premiere wearing their 3D glasses. Oh, is and that the photo? that I've, picture. I used to yeah. have it framed on my wall. I love that photo. No. It's a great photo. Yeah, 1950s audience all wearing the white 3D glasses and like rocking in their seats because yeah. they're, yeah, it's an amazing picture. Yeah, and all it? your friends would probably come in and be like, oh, Buona Devil fan. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow. And annoyingly, after six or seven years of doing these measurements, they were wrong. Hilariously. (laughs) Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.